0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: The Vikings did what? Yes, thirty-three, nothing. No deficit is too big for this team, apparently. But we're breaking it down. Coming up next on Superior Sports Talk,
0: Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now it's Superior Sports Talk with Kara 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. It's 30 minutes every day and it's all the Minnesota sports you need. It's Superior Sports Talk and it starts now. Welcome in to a Superior Sports Talk Monday after one of the craziest Vikings games ever. 39-36 over the Colts. We're talking about it wire-to-wire to wire today. I'm Sam Ekstrom, in for Luke Inman, the host of Superior Sports Talk, and I'm joined by Kara Levin's Reggie Wilson. I wonder what we're going to talk about today. Reggie, you alluded to it. Uh, we're going to talk Vikings-Colts, 33 nothing. The Vikings erase the deficit. They come back. We'll talk about the most memorable moments From that bizarre football game. We'll talk about what it means for the Vikings on the whole this season. And we'll jump into a little more local sports with the Gimme One segment. It was a good weekend for the Wolves and the Wild as well. Before we talk Vikings-Colts, remember to find the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on roku or amazon fire a great way to experience our network you can also subscribe to us on youtube if you're listening to us on audio and hey if you're watching us right now you can get us on audio free and available wherever you get your podcasts check it out locked on sports minnesota reggie there are so many moments from this football game to discuss um little moments that happened you know early on in the comeback and then massive highlights that happened late in the comeback to get that game to overtime uh I'm curious some that stand out to you if you are are willing to do some ranking maybe give me a top three or let's just talk about the moments I mean you could go in any number of directions here what's your first take on this football game
1: man like it's like where do you start you know um they just look dead to the water man 33 nothing at halftime you're like what is this like you know you think Mm -hmm. i said last night on vikings extra you just think that they coast you know to a a disappointing loss against the Colts. good bounce back win for the Colts after getting their doors blown off you know on sunday night football against the cowboys they come out playing spire football and really put it on the vikings wait, that didn't happen. It didn't finish that way. No, no. Like I I was telling people, like, I wouldn't blame you if you would have just turned the TV off or found something else to do. Like the game happened on a Saturday. So there are very, uh, there's a large assortment of things that you could be doing on a Saturday other than watching a team get their doors blown off. But that's, why there's sixty minutes in a football game, I suppose. And it's so funny because like there are times like they came out in the second half, they punt to start. And you're like, all right, just inspiring football here. And then like, mm-hmm. you know, as the, the the comeback is going, Kirk Cousins throws an interception. In the fourth quarter, you're like, dang, well, it was a fun thought while it lasted. And then it was just like, wait a minute. They they keep getting the ball back. You know, the Colts going three and out. And you're like Okay. And so look, I, I it was hard to dwindle down three different moments, but here's here's my three. Are right, you ready, Sam? You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. KJ Osborne, 63 yard catch. That just seemed to spark something. It led to the Vikings first touchdown, and it was like, all right. Who, like after the game, Adam Thielen was just like, because he was asked, like, hey, what, what like sparked this thing? Like, what, what was, what was the thinking when you all were down to yeah. get back into this game? He's like, we got to get a touchdown. Like, we need a touchdown. And that first one kind of let them feel some things. You're like, okay, all right, okay. And I, I quickly forgot. Apparently Justin Jefferson said, "Like, hey, we were we were up 28 on the Steelers last year, and they came back and tied it. So why can't we? Correct. And so if they had that type of mentality, apparently Patrick Peterson had a lot to say in in the halftime locker room speech about how all you need is five touchdowns, we're, we're going to get you the ball back. All you need is five touchdowns. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, know. yeah. All you need is five touchdowns. Yeah, great. It's going to happen. Sure, whatever. And so." that first KJ Osborne catch leading to his monster day really kind of set the tone. All right. The second one for me is the fourth and one stop I'm watching. I'm just like, okay, yeah, well game over now. Matt Ryan sneaks it. Cause like, Pack it, it looks like he's past the first down marker, you know? And what's funny is this whole concept of forward progress on Saturday Sam, like, I, I don't know if we can really go there. I don't think we have the bandwidth or the showtime to really <laughs> go there. You know, all the the Shandon Sullivan plays that weren't. Um, but at the same yeah. time, what's crazy is like the refs were so inconsistent, or maybe they were consistent on the fact that they're like, look, when forward progress is done, it's done, and so they stopped Matt Ryan short of the first down marker on fourth and one, which gives the ball back to the Vikings, which led to my third biggest play. And obviously it it had to be the Dalvin cook touchdown. I saw your tweet, the screen game. Usually (laughs) when they throw those screens, you're, you're screaming at the TV. You're screaming at the, you know, if you're in the stadium, you're screaming at the field. You're just like, why do you keep insisting on running these screens? They ran the screenplay and Sam, mm-hmm. it worked. It worked all the way to the end zone. Dalvin Cook got that ball and it looked like he had jet propellers on him. Like he took that ball and just I would love to see what the next gen stats are of where he topped out at his highest speed on that play. Ooh, and just I'm the look will, and just the will of him to, you know the blocking Ezra Cleveland was amazing on the blocking on that. He kept up as fast as Dalvin was running. Cleveland was like, huh, 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 I'm with you. And he catches up and he's blocking down the field. And then Dalvin, just the the grit and the, the want to from him to get into the end zone. He got in there and, you know, it led to the cousins to Hawk two point conversion. And now we're tied. And funny enough, people may not even remember But the game in regulation ends on two straight punts. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this game was nuts, man, going into overtime. And you're just like, okay. And it was interesting because you're like, all right, well, they they run out of gas. It's okay. When they get the ball first and they can't score and they have to punt, you're like, all right, well, here's Indy's chance. The Indy gives them the ball back. And that last drive – Leading to that field goal was a masterful drive from Cousins, from all involved. Thielen, Jefferson, uh, the coach tried to try to pin Jefferson down like he was in a WWE wrestling match there, and they got the penalty drawn, and just sets up Greg for that game-winning field goal. And I just, I think I'm still in disbelief of what happened in that game. It, it was incredible.
0: Yeah, there's so many directions to go. Let's let's set the table with this. These are the largest comebacks in NFL history. We've got the graphic for it. Uh, Vikings down 33 at half. They come back. They break a 30-year-old record set by Frank Reich and the Bills, and how serendipitous mm-hmm. that Frank right. Reich's old team, a little karmic convergence here as his team, mm-hmm. the team that fired him, uh, you know blows the lead on Saturday, and he was the one that orchestrated the previous record, 32 in the playoffs. Um, wow. so he- here are my three. Um, and this first one is not necessarily a play. I just think it's a fascinating stat that hasn't really been tweeted about or talked about much. Mm-hmm. The Vikings orchestrated this comeback, and they did not have to convert a fourth down. The entire time. Wow. Like, th- wow. think about the desperation that a team has in that situation. You'd be going yeah. for it in almost any situation. The Vikings did not have to convert a fourth down. Now, they tried one. It was the fourth and 15, and they way. were down eight late in the game. And Kirk probably shouldn't be trying to scramble in that situation. I mean, only bad things are going to happen. You're going to get destroyed if you are five yards from the first down line and there's a safety barreling down the middle, it's probably a good thing he didn't even get there. Um, got, so that didn't he was, go well. He
1: thought he was Justin Fields out there and, and got caught like a yard <laughs> in front of the line of scrimmage. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, your eyes got a little too wide there, Kirk. Um, and he tried to do actually the same thing at the end of regulation on a, on a third and one, and that didn't go well either. So, But they didn't have to convert a fourth down in the entire comeback. They were just so efficient on offense. I think they only had – maybe about six third downs in the entire second half. I mean, they were, they were so efficient on first and second down. It was 15, mm-hmm. 20 yards, and it had to be that way. You couldn't have long drives. I think Luke Inman tweeted out that the average drive length in the second half was like two, two and a half minutes for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, also remarkable that they failed three times before they tied mm-hmm. it. Like, you, fi- exactly. you figured going into the half, Okay, they're going to have to score a touchdown every single time. Three failures, and they still found a way to have enough possessions because their defense kept getting three and outs. Two, two other plays that stood out to me. Number one, uh, the two-point conversion. Um, mm. Because think about, think about all that, that rode on that. I mean, if you don't get yeah. it, then it comes down to an onside kick. And if you don't get that, the game is over. So that's a 5% chance. Um, Kirk Cousins had to work through All of his progressions on that play He had a bunch to the left side And obviously you're looking for Jefferson first Colts were going to take that away I think he had a single on the other side They took that away So Kirk looks to the corners There's nobody there If you watch the replay TJ Hawkinson is tied up with that linebacker He's jammed about two seconds into that play And if you freeze frame it He's not turned around. He's not even an option. And Kirk hangs in there, waits for that to break open, and hits Hawkinson for the two-point conversion to tie it. Unbelievable. Um, and I, I was I was intrigued to see how KOC would handle the two-point conversion because a lot of the new-age coaches, they'll go for two when they're down nine because they try mm-hmm. to knock it out of the way early so that they have all the information. KOC didn't mm-hmm. do that he he selected to wait until the very end to try it um which most fans would agree with and then some of the you know the 10 percent of fans that really follow the analytics um would say no, that's a bad play actually but they converted and the fans loved it and they got the momentum in their court and then how about this one Reggie? overtime two minutes left. if the Vikings kneel down and take a tie they win the division and that wow. might have been an okay outcome. But they decided to risk the turnover, to risk you know the potential of a mistake happening, and they actually made a move on that drive. And let's look at the play-by-play. They were at their own 24, 111 mm-hmm. to go in overtime. Yep. Clock is winding down. Kirk Cousins, short left pass to K.J. Osborne for 15 yards. And if you rem- remember this play, K.J. caught it, and then barreled through a couple of Colts. And he probably got about 10 yards of yak on that play. And I think Mm -hmm. that is what sparked the Vikings to actually go for the win, is that they were able to convert that initial first down. K.J. Osborne got so many tough yards on Saturday. 15 yards to get him out to the 39. One play later, Adam Thielen for 21, and they are basically in field goal range. Thielen was not used much, but he had some clutch catches in that game. Those yep. are my three kind of underrated plays. I mean, if you're, if you're picking one play, Reggie, that just popped off the screen where the crowd was as electrified as you've ever heard, it's the screen to Dalvin Cook. It's yep. definitely the screen to Dalvin Cook. I mean, the, the noise when he cut to the middle with that excellent vision, when he pulled away from the Colts, and then when he fought his way for the end zone, it was like a crescendo on a crescendo on a crescendo. Yeah. What what yeah, what a moment. Um and it was pretty cool to be there. Uh wow. let's keep talking about this. Let's keep talking about this. First I'm gonna tell people about Bet Online. Betonline.net is your fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Number one spot for news trends analysis. And we track the Vikings line there every week. Oh, the Vikings didn't cover on Saturday. That's the only thing they didn't do. They didn't cover the three mm. and a half point spread. Uh, let's Darn. take a look at what their, their game is on Saturday against the Giants. Hey, it's three and a half again. Vikings' favorite against the Giants, who won a controversial game last night. Money line minus mm-hmm. 190. Over under 47 and a half. That's Saturday, Christmas Eve at noon. Get that line and plenty more at betonline.net on your mobile device as well. It's betonline, it's where the game starts. So. That's the game on Saturday, Reggie. Now, what does it mean? What does it mean on the whole um, for the Minnesota Vikings this season? They are still the 2 seed. They would have lost it had they lost that mm-hmm. game. They would no longer be the 2 seed. They're still in 2 seed position. Um, does it change the way that you view the Vikings, or is this just sort of an extreme version of what they have been all year? Are these kind of erratic enigmas – that can just come back from any deficit. They're living right. I
1: keep saying this. I say it every week. They're living right, and even Adam Thielen gave a little credence to that in the post game. He was just like, you know, the 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 big man upstairs just you know has some 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 earmarked blessings for us because how else can you explain some of these games, dude? Like the Buffalo game, it seemed like was their Hail Mary. And then all of a sudden they get this game as well. And Justin Jefferson is like, I know we scared y'all in the first half. I know we did, but we, we were here. We, we had you, we had you covered. Like, it's like, come on, dude, like, don't do that. You know, every, every game for the Vikings this year is a cardiac episode for each and every fan watching. And I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it and especially being that they have come out on the right side of so many of these. At some point, you're just like, okay, maybe that's just how this team is living this year. Maybe that's just how things are going to go this year because how else can you explain? So, like, after a certain point, you got to say, oh, man, they're a lucky team. You got you kind of have to stop saying that because luck eventually runs out and theirs hasn't run out yet i don't i've never seen luck last throughout like the the fullness of a whole season and if you kind of just break down what we saw on saturday things just things just doesn't make sense like okay kirk threw two interceptions all right one was a pick six to just start the avalanche in the first half yeah the second one seemed to be one that would kill momentum in a comeback in that fourth quarter. And funny enough, both were on Jalen Rager, and there could be arguments made that both of those interceptions were Jalen's fault, which is kind of crazy, especially when you think about how many people are just ready and willing to rag on Kirk Cousins anytime he has any semblance of a mistake. But maybe it was Jalen Rager's fault. Go back and look at the tape. Also, Kirk Cousins was sacked seven times. Seven times he was sacked on Saturday. Yeah. Whenever you see something like that, that usually shows like, okay, this team got beat up. And then quiet is kept back-to-back 400-yard games from Kirk Cousins. One in a losing effort. One in an incredibly incredibly winning effort and this is crazy yeah look at this look at this tweet from luke like are you serious this is ridiculous don't give kirk his gatorade apparently when kirk <laughs> gets his gatorade it's, it's time to fly but I, I just think i just think like i said the vikings just seem to be living right and i don't know why these things keep happening and it keeps coming down I, I posted the question on facebook uh saturday night i was just like simply are the vikings good and everybody's just like i don't know <laughs> i think you watch this team <laughs> long enough this season you're just like I, I are they i don't know because you you're like man this is the luckiest team ever but then it's like well the record if you look at the record it would tend to Agree with the statement that they are actually good this year. But so many people are saying, like, look, if you get this team in the playoffs and, you know, this defense, which only allowed one touchdown, like crazy enough, as much as, you know, the coach, the coach did on Saturday, the defense only allowed one touchdown, which is nuts. But, you know, you talk about the defense, you talk about the inconsistency of the offense, and you're like, that's just not sustainable in the postseason. But you're like, well, is it, though? Because it's been sustainable up until this point. What necessarily is going to change? I mean, the level of competition is going to be better, obviously. And so you're like, yeah, they aren't going to be able to get away with this with some of the better teams. But will they, though? The parity in this league this season is is kind of top-notch. And so you look at this, this Vikings team and what they've been able to do, and I don't see why they can't compete the only thing that i think is is troubling because even if the defense is giving up, you know, big yardage, like you do i think trust the offense to be able to keep up with whoever. But one of the biggest issues i think, especially when you look at that first half, when it is not going well, it is just not going well for that offense. And i don't know why it seems like they just need to get like kicked in the teeth or something like that for them to responding and and for klc to to start making some of his best play calls because they had that thing rolling in the second half and it was just like well what was this in the first half like what changed from the coast defense or what changed in the offensive game plan that made things much more difficult in the first half as opposed to the second half because Mm -hmm. what what's the what's the difference here and why does it seem like the team just has to face some high level of adversity in order for the offense to be like, Oh, okay. Let's, let's, let's get it going here. I I don't, I don't know how to explain that.
0: It's ironic because it's the script that seems to work so well in the first drive of the game, Mm -hmm. but then it's when they throw away the script later in the game where it also seems to work. Like Mm -hmm. KOC has no plan for down 33 he had no plan for how to come back at Buffalo they just kind of went by instinct and gut and that seems to be when Kirk Cousins oddly is thriving and he's kind of he's always been this paint by numbers quarterback who suddenly is becomes this gunslinger late in games mm-hmm. <clears throat> I I've seen now what the high end of this passing offense looks like and it can mm-hmm. hang with any team in this league It's already proven that it can go back and forth with Buffalo and win. Even in the loss at Detroit, passing offense extremely high end. And then one of the greatest offensive halves of football of all time on Saturday. So clearly that's going to be the ticket, Reggie, to playoff success. I'm not sure that they can really, I don't think they have time to unwrite some of these narratives. Shy of winning the final three games by 30, I don't think they can shake it. I mean, I think that they will will inevitably go into the playoffs with the same questions lingering, and they'll have to deal with that, and they have to know that this is who we are. We are going to stick around long enough to beat you in the fourth quarter. We're probably not going to play a clean game for four quarters because we just don't have the cohesion yet in these schemes. We don't have the talent on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be a roller coaster ride, and we are putting all our eggs in the basket that – when it comes down to it, we have the executors on offense to get the job done, and mm-hmm. just the poise and all the intangibles like that. That's what they have to bank on, and that's that's a very uneven quicksand to, to, to stake your Super Bowl hopes on. Um, yeah. And I still have reservations about it, but I yeah. plan to be entertained. Like if they are going to win or lose in the playoffs, I I can almost guarantee that it's going to be interesting. And it'll oh, be yeah. more interesting if they have those games at home because it seems like anything is possible in that building. Um, and if they can get at least two home games and then punch their ticket to an NFC championship or anything can happen, um, I think y- you would take that. You would take that. Um, good luck. So we'll see. Good luck to, yeah, their, I mean...
1: good luck to their opponents in the playoffs. <laughs> and also good luck to their opponents' uh, fan bases as well because then they get to see – you know, all the arrhythmia and all of the cardiac episodes that the Vikings uh, put their own fans through. So, yeah, good luck. They'll be uh,
0: in arms in uh, emergency room visits. Could be Detroit coming in. Could be Seattle. Could be Washington. Could even be New York if the Vikings beat them on Saturday and take them down a peg. Uh, Could be any number of teams at this point. That NFC playoff race is tightening up. Here come the Lions. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone else is falling around them. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Three weeks left in this season. Um, One more segment, Reggie, and we like to call it Gimme One. I'm going to give you a prompt. Uh, Tell me one. And we start with the reason. One reason why the Vikings will be able to fend off San Francisco for the two seed. And before you answer, I'll tell you the remaining schedules. Uh, The Vikings play New York, Green Bay, and Chicago. To end the season, the 49ers end with Washington, Las Vegas, almost called them Oakland and the mm-hmm. Arizona Cardinals. So mm-hmm. what do you think?
1: Yeah, you look at those last three and the the only one that really kind of scares you from the 49ers standpoint is maybe Washington because they have a lot to play for, especially after that loss last night. And so Mm -hmm. that kind of scares you. You know, Vegas is playing better. I guess they have an outside shot, kind of, maybe, sort of. And then, you know, the Cardinals are, are done. Like, they're just coasting to the finish line at this point. Don't have their quarterback. I think I saw Colt McCoy got hurt yesterday as well. So God bless them. You know, they're probably about to clean house in Arizona. Call it the hard knocks curse. And so then you look at the Vikings' remaining schedule with the Giants, with Green Bay and Chicago. You know, Green Bay is going to be a tough one just because the Vikings are always in tough games with the Packers. Uh, I guess, you know, week one aside, which week one still had some topsy-turviness to it. But, you know, the Packers are still kind of fighting for their lives a bit. And so that game is going to be meaningful. Chicago, good lord, seven straight losses even though they're in each and every one of these games because they yeah. have this dynamic quarterback who apparently is a running quarterback now. Like he was not ever really known as being like yeah. a dual threat guy, you know, and in, in, in college the the dude is is throwing bombs to zone 6 all of his receivers at Ohio State. Like he's known as being kind of like a pure passing quarterback with some mobility you know that that's what we're looking at but we're seeing him now taking off 40 50 60 yard runs and he's run all the way to a thousand yards in a season like I don't think you would have put him in that like class of like guys that will be rushing for a thousand yards he's now only the third player at the quarterback position to have done that and so that kind of scares you because you're like at some point you think maybe they're going to break through and we're we're still trying to figure out too like in that last game of the season, are they sitting players or is it still meaningful enough, you know, trying to keep ahead of the 49ers for that two seed? Or possibly if Philly somehow stubs their toe, they still need to keep winning to try to at least maybe capture that one seed as well. You're like, okay. L- can we can we keep winning? Do do we still need to make these games meaningful? And on the road at Soldier Field, those terrible field conditions and the weather as well—that's not going to be a very fun game. So, you know, I think if you look at the 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 question though, I think they still are going to have a lot to to play for, and they keep finding ways to win these games. As crazy as it sounds, so I think that's a reason why the Vikings will be able to fend off San Francisco for that two seed.
0: I'm just banking on Brock Purdy having one rookie moment. He hasn't really yeah. had it yet. He's He's yeah. got to stub his toe at some point. And if San Francisco exactly. loses even one game, then then your chances are very good to hold on to the mm-hmm. two. Uh, let's end with this. One minute. Uh, other op- One observation from this uh, the weekend in Minnesota sports outside of football, because the Wolves mm-hmm. beat the Bulls last night. The Wild are on a tear. What caught your eye? Dude, look at the wild. 5
1: and 18 and 11. I don't know if anybody really saw this coming, especially with, you know, how the season started. Flower giving up so many goals, he's given up like 76 goals a game, and you're like, "Oh man, this is going to be a long, long season." But then they they, you know, kind of got back to like the mean a little bit, and then all of a sudden now they're they're streaking. You know, when they lost those two games, earlier in the month you're like oh man this team man this team is just gonna continue to just float around 500 I guess but then like these last several games have been impressive and our guy Sam our guy Kirill Kaprizov is on a tear man like he is incredible I think you made the the mention the last time you and I did the show together he was just like uh look, I'm just going to take every goal that Kevin Fiala was responsible for and you know what? I'm just going to decide to score them. That That's fine. I got this. Yeah. I, I'll do it. We don't need Kevin. He can go. And it's just, it's incredible to watch this dude in action. And also like, they're spreading the love like a lot of other guys. You got guys like Merrill and Gaudreau and you know, all these other players mm-hmm. that are scoring goals right now as well. And you're like, how long can this be sustainable and can they make a run out of this and possibly get into the postseason with this group of talent? Because Billy G was kind of on record saying like, look, we're not tanking. We're not, you know, we're not playing to lose here. Like we still want to field a competitive team. And you're like, Bill, come on, man, stop playing with us. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't act like this is just some winning effort here. And then now they win these five straight 18 and 11. And you're like, okay maybe he was on to something oh okay and you just wonder how long it's sustainable on the other side with the wolves 150 last night 150 i think i read that that's the most that they've ever scored in franchise history like that was incredible seeing like d be beyond ant be the man ant looked good yesterday and you wonder like okay can he be consistent with this 37 point performance? He's jumping out of the gym. Did you see that windmill that he did? That was incredible. The, yeah. the steel that yeah. he had at the end of the third and, and just launched it up, fading away to his right, three-pointer splash at the buzzer. Like, that was incredible. And also, Sam, I don't know if you've noticed, Ant is thin. Like, Ant looks incredibly in shape i know we didn't necessarily like cat kind of coming at him about eating his popeyes and you know he came into the the season bulked up and he said it was because he wanted to be bulked up but he came into the season weighing more than cat right now he looks thin man he looks skinny and in shape and that bounce is ridiculous right now he's just coming through the lane and just yamming on dudes and that's that's incredibly promising didn't have Rudy, didn't have a problem. And I'm just wondering if they're starting to try to figure some things out. And honestly, they can figure some things out if Anna's going to be that dude consistently on a night-to-night basis.
0: They needed to win these games too because coming up, starting on the 23rd, they have Celtics, Heat, Pelicans, Bucks, all on the road. That's going to be murderers Mm -hmm. row stretch of games. They got to win the games now. Uh, Mavericks coming up the next two. Reggie, good show. Plenty of Vikings Colts talk. um, And we'll get into Giants talk throughout the week. Luke Inman will be back with you here on Superior Sports Talk. Check out Reggie on Care 11 and on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV. You can find me on the Ron Johnson Show and the Minnesota Football Party here in Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, for director Matt DeBritz, I'm Sam Ekstrom saying so long on Superior Sports Talk.
1: Be blessed. I love this week.
0: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.